Chapter 27 of the book of Vayikra is the last chapter of the book. It begins with a very interesting section about what are called arachin. An erech is an estimate or an uh, evaluation. And the beginning of chapter 27 talks about somebody who decides to give the value, who explicitly vows to God the equivalent of a human being. And the Torah then assigns uh, values to people depending on gender and depending on age. So the man typically has a higher valuation than the woman. A man, for example, between the ages of 20 and 60 is evaluated at 50 uh, shekel. So if I say I want to give the value of X, or if I myself are between 20 and 60, uh, then I would give 50 shekel. If it's a woman, she said she wants to give, or someone said about another person who happens to be a woman of that age, so it's 30 shekel. Without getting into these valuations, I would say that I don't believe from this particular section uh, we should necessarily assume that the Torah is expressing a ultimate value of the person, it probably has to do with their work and how much they produce. And in that society, and probably in many societies, the men were producing more than the women were producing. The women were producing the children and caring for them. But um, because over here in the list of the values the Torah says that if somebody is more than 60 years old, man or woman, so there the value goes down to 15 shekels, from 50, and the woman uh, to 10. So it's hard to believe that in these societies, or the society the Torah speaks of, we value the one over 60 less than the one who's under 60. That's very hard to believe in a society that the Torah speaks of, that the older person the zakain, zakaina, is not perhaps even of a higher value. So we're not talking about the actual value attached to the person. We're probably talking about production. In any event, that's how the chapter begins. What's interesting is that this is the last chapter of the uh, book of Vayikra, and it contains various and sundry rules and laws relating to temple dedications. The truth of the matter is that without this chapter, chapter 26 ended Bahar Sinai at Mount Sinai. 25 begins with the Shemitah, which is given at Sinai. So it would have been a very fitting ending to the book. But the book of Vayikra, one might say, has two endings. One is chapter 26, the covenantal ending, the reformulation of the covenant of, of Sinai. 27, the various and sundry collection of laws is very interesting. It also ends exactly the same way. The last verse is, Ego HaMitzvot HaShem and Moshe El B'nei Yisrael Bahar Sinai. So chapter 27 also ends at Sinai. So it's a book with two endings. Now I was thinking that chapter 27 begins with someone who wants to dedicate the value of the person to God. The Torah in general, in many places, and the Bible in general, is completely and all unalterably opposed to human sacrifice. It appears in many, many places. On the other hand, 
the idea of human sacrifice, of the person dedicating oneself to God, that God has the right to claim life, that is something that appears throughout the Bible as well. Here it's interesting, the book of Vayikra begins with the burnt offering, the Ola, that which is totally consumed upon the altar. And that's the sacrifice in the beginning of the book that's brought by the individual. It's not a communal sacrifice. In the beginning of Vayikra, it talks about private individual sacrifices. Somebody, for whatever reason, has decided to give a, 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 an offering that is utterly consumed. And the last chapter begins with someone who decides to give the, the value of the person. You can't give the person to God, but you can give an assigned value of the person to God. So in a certain sense, the first of these laws of chapter 27 and the first law of the book of Vayikra in chapter 1 are very deeply connected to each other. I thought in this context, to conclude our brief study of the book of Vayikra, with a very interesting verse and the commentary of Nachmanides, the Ramban, says a very, I think, illuminating and very uh, thought-provoking interpretation of a verse that appears towards the end of the book of Vayikra. The verse at the end of the of Vayikra that I'm referring to in chapter 27 is verse number 28 and 29. Verse 28 is, so the Torah says if, if anyone owns, be it human beast or land of, 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 of his holding, nothing that he has proscribed for God, utterly set aside for God, may be sold or redeemed. Everything proscribed is totally consecrated to God. So there's something called a cherem, where this property is, and the question is, is it who exactly gets the cherem? Is it the priest who gets the cherem? Is it given to a fund of the temple? But this cherem is not something you can redeem. Some Certain gifts to the temple may be redeemed under certain circumstances, but this cherem may not be redeemed. That's verse number 28. And then 29 is, So what does that mean? Any, any, any prescribed thing that is proscribed min ha'adam. What does min ha'adam mean? So that's the question, what minhada means. From the human, by the human, concerning the human, may not be redeemed. Mot yumat, it should certainly be put to death. What is this referring to, this verse, verse number 29? So there are different opinions about what this refers to. The verse is very unclear. Rashi cites an interpretation that this refers to somebody that refers to somebody who's going to be executed. And then somebody says, I want to give the value of that person to the temple. So that person has no value. Because since the person is going to be executed, 
the assigned value the Torah gave to a person, man or woman, depending on the age, gender, all that, but this person who's being about to be executed has no value for the purposes of this appraisal and the gift to the temple. That's what Rashi says. In other words, Rashi refers this verse at the end of the chapter to the beginning of the chapter. In the Talmud, actually, there's another opinion. And this re- the Talmud, according to one opinion, says that this difficult verse refers to the prohibition of the court to take a payment in lieu of carrying out capital punishment. And Nachmanides said, maybe it's over here, because let's say the person said, I'll give a gift to the temple. So, no, you can't give a gift to the temple. You were, you were, exec- you were condemned to die, and we carry out the sentence. But Nachmanides himself offers a different interpretation. That kocherem ha-sheyacharam in adam refers to a situation, says Nachmanides, where the king, or maybe the high court, has, in the context of war, proscribed the enemy. We have examples of this in the Torah. We have an example in Bamidbar chapter 21, where they fought against the king of Arad, and they said, if you give the king of Arad into my hands, I will utterly destroy Arad. That's called the Cherem. So under those circumstances, you have to carry it out. And what's interesting is that we have other examples of where someone has, in fact, a king, has, in fact, proclaimed that someone who does something wrong should be put to death. And one of the examples is the story in the book of Shmuel, book of Samuel, uh, about King Saul and his son Jonathan. There's a war against the Philistines. Jonathan has gone off on his own and uh, fights very courageously against the Philistines. Saul doesn't know. And Saul, finally, when he gets into the war, issues a decree. Whoever eats... Whoever partakes of food today during the war is under the cherem, and presumably it means shall be put to death. Jonathan doesn't know about this. He's off by himself. He walks into a forest of honey, probably date trees, and he tastes. And someone sees him eating and says, don't you know your father said no one's allowed to eat? And Jonathan says that's a foolish thing to say. And then in the course of the story, Saul Saul believes someone has violated his... uh, his uh, cherem, and Jonathan is discovered to have done this, and Saul says, Jonathan must die, he's violated the cherem. Now, in that particular case, the people, the people say no. The people say, how could you kill Jonathan? He's the one who enabled us to be victorious in war. So the people redeemed Jonathan, and he didn't die. So the Ramban said, here it says, if the, a person legitimately proscribed someone, perhaps in the context of war, a cherem, but in the story over there, of course, Jonathan didn't know about the cherem, which may or may not be a factor in the book of Shmuel, but the people, the people said, one second, this makes no sense. How can you kill the very person who brought about the victory? The book of the Ramban's interpretation actually is something to think about in, in the light of many other biblical stories. I'm not going to deal with that now. 
But it is interesting that this actually connects to one of the basic issues of the book of Vayikra. It's a book of sacrifice, it's a book of holiness. At the core of it is the sense that God is at the center. You shall be holy, says God, because I am holy. And God has a claim upon life, a legitimate claim upon life. God does not want human sacrifice, of course, but the idea of the human being in the ultimate sense, in the best possible sense, having a total commitment to God and to God's values and to God's teachings, that's something very central in the Torah in general and certainly in the book of Vayikra. So the idea of the cherem, the idea of someone who is, in those cases, it's a violation. But the point of the people was, in a sense, Jonathan has acted courageously. Jonathan has carried out God's will. So, of course, Jonathan can't be uh, punished for what he did. Quite the opposite. So the people redeemed Jonathan. And Jonathan was not put to death. So the book of Ayikra, the last chapter, it ends with Sinai. It ends with, these are the laws that God gave at Sinai. And uh, the book of Ayikra, of course, the book of sacrifice, is, is a continuation of the experience at Mount Sinai when we stand at Sinai and God spoke of the people as being a, a nation of priests and a holy nation. And the book of Ayikra, among other things, is a practical guide pointing us in directions how we can fulfill that challenge and perhaps that promise of Mamrechet Kohanim, the Goy Kadosh.